good sense of the time. Oh, hey, hi. Hello, and welcome to the jib. This bi-weekly podcast is about the many and varied schemes of the many and varied U.S. law enforcement and intelligence agencies, organizations, and committees, and how they are stupid and funny. Join us on our merry journey through space and time. Hi, my name is Barry, and you might know me as the guy who got thrown out of the British Museum three separate times in 1999. The, the what museum? British Museum in London. Oh. In North Great Russell Street in London. Actual thing that happened, I got thrown out three separate times in 1999, one of the proudest moments of my life. Are you trying to touch the crown jewels, or what were you doing? They're not in the British Museum. <laughs> what the hell? I don't know. What could you have done to get kicked out? I was lingering too long in the Greek and Roman section. Uh, and then, uh -huh. then, many years later, when I went back to the British Museum again, many years later, when I revisited London, the same uh -huh. security guard was there, and he said, oh, you again. You made a hell of an impression then, man. Mm. You just No uh, museum is safe for me. Apparently. Oh, uh, hi, everybody. Uh, I am Seamus. Uh, you may know me as the narrator uh, from the serial documentary series uh, called White Christian Nationalists, and some of you. I would like to see that documentary. <laughs> well, <laughs> you may or may not be able to. <laughs> Legally, right? <laughs> okay. yes, yes. Just remember, $10 is $10. That's all I'm $10 gonna is, oh, no. Yeah, what are you going to do? Is, oh, yeah, oh, no. Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do in the middle of this? Is there... Oh, man. Here we go. All right. Here we go. All right. Today, we are going to talk about the Vietnam War. And what I'm hoping will be an, a fresh angle you may not be familiar with on the Vietnam War, which is the Catholic Church angle. Right? Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Most of what we hear about the Vietnam War involves how awful it was for American soldiers. If you've ever seen a Vietnam movie, it's generally about how awful it was for the soldiers and not much about the people. 58,000 Americans died in Vietnam and more than 100,000 American soldiers killed themselves when they returned. About 2 million Vietnamese wow. people were killed, but I guess no one's making movies about those guys. No. Uh, that, no. What kind of ratio is that? That's a pretty fucking high ratio. Ratio? Is, I'm not yeah. a ratio guy. Yeah. But I go, let's say 2 million to 100,000, it would be 20 to 1, right? Yeah, and it's also pretty fucking awful that almost twice the amount of those who are killed overseas kill themselves. That is a concern. What the because fuck the draft, is going I guess, on? And it was all young kids, and young kids, yeah. they're having their minds formed. They don't want to be going around popping caps in people, do they? No. Not to them, no. Um, sometimes it seems like the exact cause of the invasion is elusive. Our understanding of the modern history of Vietnam is Chinese occupation, French occupation, the U.S. invasion, and then some stuff about communism. The gap between the French occupation and the U.S. invasion uh, was filled by the premiership of... Okay, here we go. Ngo Dinh Yim, right? This is his name. I'm going to try that again because I've been practicing this. Uh, tonal languages where the vowels go up and down depending on your voice, right? Chinese, you have to memorize them, but Vietnamese language is good enough to give you the little ticks and tell you where your voice should go. So Ngo has a little circumflex over, so it's Ngo, and then Dinh, uh, and then Yim, right? This is what I've learned. Uh, the Y, uh, the D in Vietnamese is always pronounced like a Y. That's just part of our reality now, right? So it's Ngo Dinh Yim. So, was so right so right now, right now, myself and everybody listening or watching this at home is like, thank God, Barry's wondering in this. And <laughs> <laughs> I had a Vietnamese friend in California, and she was called uh, Deep. 
but her real name oh. is Yeep. Oh, that's fun. So, but we call her Deep because we're, I guess, dumbass white people, right? Well, Deep sounds cooler though, too. It just really does. It sounds like a cool, yeah. cool nip. I mean, if somebody called me Deep, I would love it. Come on, that's a fucking cool nickname. What her name What's is up, Deep? Deep? Yo, ooh, right ooh. here, Deep. I'm down. I had trouble with the Vietnamese letters when I was trying to pronounce people's names. Uh, this was also a time characterized by uh, public and secret projects of U.S. intelligence and military agencies in collusion with the Catholic Church to control the country. Say it ain't so. Uh, you know, the Catholic Church, they've never colluded with bad people. They've always been on those. You remember our show, the show we did with uh, Chesh, Operation yes. PB Success about Guatemala. Mm -hmm. You're going to see uh -huh. shades of that here. Uh -huh. um, or we'll forget just... about them helping the Nazis back in the... the well, that's you know. another episode, right? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, in 1954, the communist Viet Minh uh, chased the French colonial forces out of North Vietnam. The removal of colonial, colonial occupiers in any country usually causes political instability and a power vacuum, and Vietnam was no exception. The same year, uh, the Geneva Conference was convened with all stakeholders to discuss the future of Vietnam. Yim, representing South Vietnam, supported by the US and the Vatican, rejected a general election. Just mm. Everything that happened during the following decades was fallout from that rejection of democracy. The reason they rejected it, obviously, is because they know they were going to lose. Right. A Catholic coalition in Washington, D.C., which was led by Archbishop of New York, Cardinal Spellman, and included Joe Kennedy, you might have heard us talk about Spellman also during the Guatemala podcast, convinced CIA operatives led by Edward Lansdale yep. to support Nguyen as president of South Vietnam in a 1955 referendum. There's uh, Lansdale talking to Nguyen. Yeah, Lansdale's going to be a recurring... Yes, uh, I about <laughs> podcast. Yeah, but yeah. this photo alone should cause concern, you know, in uh -huh. anybody, right? That the, the the that a CIA guy in charge of your country is meeting with a guy who wants to be president is not good news. Yeah, right. It's never a good sign. Um, yeah. So he convinced CIA operatives led by this guy Edward Lansdale to support EM as president of South Vietnam in a 1955 referendum. This referendum was blatantly fraudulent. For lots of reasons that I'm not going to bother going into because this script is oh. already too long. But for one thing, uh, the guy in charge of the referendum was one of Yem's brothers. Hmm. hmm. Conflict of interest, maybe. Yeah. The Dulles brothers. Uh, you oh, those their, guys. Uh, our friends, the Dulles brothers, who were the head of the CIA and the Secretary of State at the time, backed Lansdale as the founder and chief of the CIA's Saigon military mission which was to that quietly enter right. Vietnam and help the pro-Western Vietnamese wage uh, political and psychological warfare. Yim, whose other brother was an archbishop, a Catholic archbishop. This guy's just throwing brothers around the political landscape. <laughs> he had considered a life in the priesthood before politics. He was very Catholic and following the Catholic line at the time, very, 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 okay, here's a, here's a hint for all you people, all right? If you want to impress people with your vocabulary, right, never type a word that you're going to read out if you can't pronounce it. It's pretentious and it makes you look like an idiot, okay? All right. Following the Catholic line of the time, vir, vir, virule, virulently, like a virus, right? In the manner yeah, of a virus, okay? Gotcha. He was anti-communist, pathological, dude. And following the Catholic line of the time, he was pathologically anti-communist, right? Yem was part of a long and ongoing tradition of dictators who oppressed large sections of his own people, but still managed to attract massive American support due to uh, an anti-communist stance. In the mid-1950s, roughly 10% of the population was Roman Catholic and 80% was Buddhist. The CIA, it's, of course, that's a pretty big, big fucking disparity. Oh yeah, so all the top guys in charge and the the infrastructure were Catholic, and then the Buddhists just had to put up with whatever they wanted to do. So it's kind of, would that be similar or beyond par what was going on in, in Ireland? 
Back in Ireland? Between Protestants um, and Catholics? The numbers? Or is that um, a gross no, exaggeration? There would have been more Unionists. Unionists were okay. not 10%. They would have been more than that. Like right now, it's about 50-50. It was 50-50 okay. for a long time, so it's a different situation. But it's, it's even worse, I guess, in a way than in Vietnam. Okay. Um, because in Northern Ireland, they were only oppressing half the population. <laughs> True. Okay. Okay. So was the CIA uh, being being the CIA immediately launched into a black propaganda campaign, uh, which is a phrase I got from a book called A Bright and Shining Lie, to spread panic among northern Vietnamese Catholics. This propaganda included forged government information leaflets threatening all sorts of horrors at the hands of the communists. Priests colluded with CIA agents and they instructed parishioners that the Blessed Virgin had gone south and that they should follow her. The broader effort uh, to populate South Vietnam with radicalized Catholics to act as a power base for Yiam was called Operation Passage to Freedom. This whole thing okay. was a CIA operation to try and get Catholics who are kind of radicalized and terrified of communism to populate the South so that right. Yiam would be supported, right? What, what was the justification for, for her to go South? I mean, what? I, just, oh, just priests sense. at the time would have been regarded as just like whatever a priest says is they're the mouth of God, right? Right. Voice of just, God, but, Fox Day. What's he telling me? You know, like, you know, Mary. She doesn't like it down here. She wants to spend time down in the south. It's better pretty down much, there. Better climate for her respiratory, you know, system. It may That's not what, have been know. more complicated than that. That might have been exactly what they said. Oh, she won't like it in communist times or whatever. I don't know what they would have said to her, but it wouldn't. It couldn't have been too far off what you're suggesting. What you're suggesting for satire cannot have been too far <laughs> off what they actually said, right? Yeah, because the Bible's definitely not. It's definitely anti-communist, right? So, yeah. Well, mm -hmm. I mean, you're assuming they haven't actually read it. Which is well, probably a valid assumption. Yeah. Now, sorry. Uh, just trigger warning for anybody who doesn't like watching people burning to death. Oh. Most of us will be familiar with the image of Thich Quang Duc, a Vietnamese Buddhist monk lighting himself on fire in Saigon in 1963 while in a meditation pose. He was not protesting the American invasion, as as many seem to believe these days, but mm -hmm. the oppressive Roman Catholic regime. Now that is a very disturbing photo, but also. Very affecting. That's pretty incredible. I mean, it's we, I, protest, right? Yeah, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about protest, and the guy's keeping his shit together, and there's just something remarkable about the whole concept and the execution. I mean, it's 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 horrific, but objectively, just an amazing. It is kind of a beautiful moment. image, yeah. Yeah. About, I guess, wow. like human humans just trying to be human, humanity. Now. And I think we talked about this before that he was going to be one of several that was going to do this. Right? Yes, he was part of a group like the hunger strikers in uh, Northern Ireland. There was yeah. a, a list of people who were prepared to do this, and there was kind of a like, "No, I'll do it. I'll do it" type thing. And this guy, I guess, won. If you want to call him winning, yeah. And, uh, imagine the think... control you'd need to not twitch. Oh, right. Yeah, that's a protest. That you know. Now, can we please look at this Catholic regime in charge of this country, please? I think now yeah. is the time. Right, well, people do well, not do this willy nilly. What, what about the, the the two monks there walking off at the corner of the photo? Are they like? I'm pretty damn, sure I'm, they, might, they might have been next on the list. Yeah, they're probably like, God damn! Thank goodness this got uh, ended. You know, I'm glad I didn't have to uh, do that. You know, wonderful. I mean, I mean, maybe that's glib, but what the fuck, man? That's mm. that's a fucking way to go. That is a, that is something that's difficult to ignore. It is. And that's what they were looking for, because nobody gave a shit about Vietnam or the Catholics running it into the ground. And now, afterwards, they did. Not necessarily in the best way, but they did. So you're um, saying this is an attention getter? Um, apart from everything else, I would yeah. say, yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, uh, we have TikTok nowadays, so we don't need to... Now we have TikTok, yeah. So you can just go on and say, please help. 
Um, thankfully, since TikTok, there's been no difficulties in uh, international oh, politics. Yeah, Wang <laughs> Duke was not isolated. He had the support of the entire Buddhist community in Saigon. Uh, Yim had made sure that U.S. aid, access to public services, and even food was available only to Catholics. Buddhists were ignored or actively oppressed. Um, another book I, re I do research. Surprise! Another book, uh, American Reckoning, describes how in 1956, Yim issued a presidential order which allowed security forces to put anyone they didn't like the look of into a concentration camp. What? Uh, um, concentration I camps? Yes. That, that, would, that, that was over in the Nazis. We didn't, that uh, didn't no. happen anymore. I know I've, uh, I've used the phrase didn't like the look out there, but it's genuinely not too far off that in the actual order he signed. Naturally, many Buddhists were arrested for no reason other than their religion. 500,000 people were sent to these camps and 80,000 were executed, right? Now, that's bordering on genocide, I would say, yeah. of Buddhists in, in Vietnam. This is the atmosphere in which people like Thich Quang Duc felt so passionately about the rights of Buddhists that he set himself on fire. This period of Buddhist oppression was known as the Buddhist crisis. And I urge you to Google exactly how bad it got. The Buddhist crisis has its own wiki page, which is very interesting. Holy shit. Yeah. Led to the downfall of the EM government and ran straight into the more overt Vietnam War. Uh, when the Americans realized they lost control of EM, uh, the CIA arranged a coup. And on the 1st of November, 1963, no. <laughs> I know, right? On the 1st of November, 1963, uh, CIA supported operatives assassinated EM and his brother. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that, that's that's how they fucking roll, man. They just whack everybody. Yeah, I roll. So yeah. Okay. Oh wait. Um. Oh, it's time for our, for our ad. We have an ad now. You want to do it now? To to, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, okay. Go. Cool. Okay. So, uh, are you tired? Are you hungry? Are you looking to expel the desire to own the means of production and still praise Jesus? Now you can do all this thanks to the Catholic Church's new product. Rice, Christ, cake. Rice, Christ. <laughs> yes. These nutritious cakes made from the farms and packaged in sweatshops along the Ho Chi Minh Trail. The condensed fiber formula will make you give up your desire to unite labor actions and submit to the will of your capitalist masters. But wait, there's more. Our Lord delivers up a syrupy center that will fill you up with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. You will be at your workstation for hours until you fall to your knees to beg for more in no time. Just like Jesus wanted. Just like Jesus Act now and you'll find a free order of yellow fever vaccinations. Never miss a day of work with a jab to your system. Remember, praise Jesus brought to you by the Catholic Church. Now back to you, Barry. Here's what happens. I write the script, and then I get Seamus to do the ads. Okay, so, and when Seamus writes the script, I do the ads. That's what happened here. Okay, now, but you'd have to wait. You got to share the blame somehow. On this. Come on. I got to what? <laughs> you got to share the blame. Come on, I'll just throw it on you. Okay. <laughs> you approve the ad. I did approve the ad yes. because not only did I approve the ad, but I had an ad written. And I looked at your ad, and I said, no, we're doing Seamus's ad. <laughs> okay, that's, what, that's, that's that true. That's what happened, right? Yes, it is. Okay, so it's not, yeah. it's not sharing the blame. We're, we're both yeah. to blame for this, okay? okay. All right. Um, we're going on to the next bit. Uh, yep. Catholics in America were for years regarded by established Americans as de facto working class laborers, arriving mainly from poor countries like Italy and Ireland. The wealthy Protestants treated Catholics as under suspicion of dual loyalties to the Pope and the United States. <laughs> 
And this accusation of divided yeah. loyalties also formed the basis for global anti-Semitism and still does if you listen to the, how they, the anti-Semitic people talk. Right. Um, another book called How the Irish Became White explains how Irish Catholic immigrants during the 1800s responded by adopting the behaviors and attitudes of the Protestant uh, American elites they hoped to achieve social mobility. By 1899, Pope Leo XIII, in his Testem Benevolentiae Nostri, felt he had to directly attack Americanism. And by mm -hmm. this, the tendency of American Catholics to become more Protestant uh, in the nascent pluralist superpower, right? Much later, perhaps because of his abject failure to confront fascism in any meaningful way, Pope Pius XII declared holy war on communism. In 1949, he excommunicated all communists by decree, and American Catholics finally found their American hearts. This commitment led very quickly to an acceptance of Catholics into mainstream U.S. society on their own terms, rather than as ersatz Protestants. How, how fucked that, up is that? It, it it's took pretty that. fucked up. It but I can, you can understand how it happened, right? Yeah, it, it yeah. took the Pope to like totally, you know, fuck with people's well, mm. you know, afterlives, right? You know, to to actually get them to say, well, okay, I guess you are okay. And something you know? very happened in the early 70s as well when the evangelical movement and the Roman Catholic movement who were kind of mm -hmm. fighting against each other found the um, issue abortion. of abortion. Yeah. Yep. Abortion. Yeah. And we were talking about that in another podcast probably. Yeah. Before that evangelicals were fine with abortion, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it is very biblical, but that's another. <laughs> it's very biblical, yeah. Uh, this New Zealand was perhaps most exemplified by Senator Joe McCarthy, an Irish American. <laughs> he's always on the right he's side. He's a holler, right? Yeah, he's a good guy. An Irish-American Roman Catholic <laughs> whose rabid anti-communist Senate hearings have become legendary. <laughs> rabid is the best way to, to describe McCarthy. Rabid, rabid anti-communist Senate hearings. Yeah, just rabid period. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. Just rabid, full stop. Yeah. Anti-communism was parsed by American Catholics as anti-atheism and by American mm. elites as pro-capitalism and therefore pro-freedom. Catholics welcomed the opportunity to fully, fully demonstrate their Americanness without having to compromise their Catholicness. When Catholic power in Vietnam was threatened, the American Catholics were ready. Mm. Okay? In 1960, Irish-American John F. Kennedy was elected the first Roman Catholic president of the U.S. Good friend of the CIA. You know. Friend, of course. In 1961, Kennedy authorized a program for covert actions to be mm. carried out by the CIA in Vietnam. This is in 1961, so it was nothing yeah. more than a rubber stamp of existing operations. Yep. From 1962 to 1965, a series of panicking meetings about the future of the Catholic Church were held in the Vatican. These meetings, collectively known as the Second Vatican Council, were held because of an attenuation of Roman Catholic power globally. Some of the decisions of the Council included a commitment to interfaith dialogue and recommending a crowd-facing vernacular service. Right? What, before, what was the Second Vatican called? Did it get like a subtitle? You Second know, Vatican like, Council. Yeah, the, uh, Vat the Vatican Part Two was it? Too Roman, like, uh, too Catholic. <laughs> so, so I don't know. But before that, the priest would have his back to the crowd and speak only in Latin. Oh yeah, fuck that. It's insane. And and, and you'd have to you'd have to just and, and my dad can recite bits of the mass in Latin just because he heard it so often. Dominus you know. And and I don't know if it was you know mono professors talking out of his ass because they do that. Uh, but he I remember he he told us like back in the day that there was a lot of um, you know uh, Catholic priests that felt. That it was above them that they shouldn't be speaking to certain classes oh, and telling them the Lord absolutely. so that they would actually like make up shit. Absolutely. But they would be speaking and stuff in Latin, but it wasn't, yes. you know, the word of God because they oh. didn't feel like it was worth their time. My would, dad said that if you yeah. wanted to read the Bible yourself, the priest would get suspicious. Mm. Mm. And there's a, okay. a wonderful book um, by Nikos Kazantzakis. It's not about Catholics, it's about Greek Orthodox, which is as close okay. as you can get to Roman Catholic without being Catholic. 
So it's about Greek Orthodox, and it's about a priest who gets his his villagers to do the nativity or a passion play, but he makes the mistake of giving them the Bible to learn their lines, Oops. and they start reading the other bits, and then they say, well, "Why don't we do this?" And he's like, "Just read your lines." So it's called Christ Recrucified by Nikos Kazantzakis. If you like the that's idea awesome. of a comedy like that, that's um, awesome. Mm. That's awesome. Uh, so in 1965, Pope Paul VI became the first pope to visit the United States. That was the, 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 one of the first cool popes, right? <laughs> pope Paul VI. Pope. I don't yeah, know if I call only, him cool. Yeah, exactly. He was a cool pope, right? Was he, was before. he was the Beatles pope. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you probably wouldn't be surprised if he excommunicated all of them. But he was the first yeah. pope to visit the United States. During this visit, he spoke strongly against military intervention in Vietnam at the United Nations. Which See, I told you it was cool. Told however, you it was cool. However... There's a however. Uh -huh. His words did not match his actions. Soon afterwards, Ooh. he was presented with the chance to get rid of one of the most hawkish Catholic clergy uh, in America. And when Cardinal Spellman, our There's friend, that guy again. The, line, the Pope asked him to carry on. Wow. Mainstream Catholics started turning against the war, along with everyone else, after the Tet Offensive in 1968. As is a long-standing Roman Catholic tradition, this change of outlook happened years after it might have done any good. Uh, after the war, the U.S. were chased out of Vietnam, much the same as the French were chased out of Vietnam. The U.S. Mm -hmm. were chased out of Vietnam in 1974, and most Vietnamese Americans are representative of those who willingly or unwillingly left Vietnam during this time. A year afterwards, over 3,000 children were secretly evacuated for ideological reasons from Vietnam. Operation Babylift, organized in cooperation with the Catholic adoption organizations, would result in the deaths of many children who had been temporarily housed in Roman Catholic orphanages. Jesus Christ. This was not their first rodeo. From 1960 to 1962, yeah. Operation Peter Pan removed thousands of children from Cuba to the United States. In both child smuggling operations, the CIA had spread propaganda about the horrors awaiting these children under communist rule. Just absolute what, lies. What is with them and fucking kids? I mean, well, they did Cuba the same thing in Ireland, didn't they? You know, they uh, yeah, yeah. Adoption, in the adoption I didn't want to say this because it's not about Cuba, it's about Vietnam, but in the Cuba case, mm -hmm. they said that um, children left in and babies left in Cuba would be sent to uh, work camps in the Soviet Union if they right. left, if they were right. there, right? Yeah. It's just bullshit. Yeah. It's total bullshit. Um, and now we're going to get a bit more modern. You ready for the modern? Sure, yeah. In December 2007, thousands Ooh. of Vietnamese Catholics That's marched in procession. Sorry, I just said it was a big jump. Oh, yeah, it's a big jump. Yeah, we're going straight from 1962, sorry. In December, because nothing interesting happened in Vietnam from 1974 to 2000. There was we weren't there, so it could yeah. In December 2007, thousands of Vietnamese... Well, the reason I'm not telling you about the Cambodia invasion is because it's nothing to do with the Catholic Church. And this is supposed to be a focused thing, right? In December 2007, thousands of Vietnamese Catholics marched in procession to the former apostolic nunciature in Hanoi, aiming to return the property to the local church. The Buddhists also expressed a claim that the nunciature was built on the French, by the French on one of the most important heritage sites of Vietnamese Buddhism. The building was confiscated by the French authorities during their occupation of Vietnam and given to the Vatican. It was the residence of the Jesus. Vatican ambassador before the government took it back from the Catholic Church in 1959. In early 2008, after protests, big protests, the government promised to re-gift the building to the Catholic Church. However, in <laughs> September 2008, the authorities changed their position and decided to demolish the building to create a public park. Wow. Probably the best thing to do with those contentious places, just level everything and make a park and say this is a place of peace for everybody, right? I would make a suggestion of another couple places that should do that, but then we definitely get cancelled. Like they do with the World so, Trade Center. This is no, 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 no. <laughs> not like that, not like that, no. Now you're the one that's, okay, moving <laughs> on, moving on. We'll edit that, don't worry, you're, you're in charge of the edit, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll okay. That up. okay, cool. Good man. Is that sarcasm? <laughs> Okay. Seventy years after the day. <laughs> That's the little editing clipboard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Seventy years after the Geneva Conference, Vietnam is a perfectly normal, functional country, and even non-Vietnamese Americans are choosing to retire to Vietnam because of their decent standard of living. And the decent standard of living comes from a, an article I read in the um, L.A. Los Angeles Times about mm -hmm. a bunch of people, like non-Vietnamese people, who are retiring to Vietnam, mainly for healthcare. Yeah, there's a lot As of that. April 22, 2022, uh, Vietnam and the Vatican are still in talks to install a permanent Vatican delegation in Vietnam. Jesus Christ. I have not um, seen any development on that, which is why it's such a late date, April 22, but that's as close as I got. They're still in talks. And if I were the Vietnamese government, I'd say no thank you. Right? Mm. Go fuck yourselves. And that is a what? brief history of the Catholic Church and their control of Vietnam. Wow, that's fucking insane, man. Mm. Is you it time for um, what happens now? Uh, yeah, something like that. What's new? What's new? What's new? Okay, what's new? No problem. To say that uh, you can always count on the Catholic Church to show up and make things better. <laughs> yeah, this time we did expect the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what's new is a section of the show where myself and Seamus put the word CIA and then we put the word FBI into Google and hit the news tab and see if any uh, strange business shows up, right? Do you want to do FBI first or CIA first? Your call, man. Do you do yours first? Okay. Uh, so uh, I got three stories, although two are kind of the same. Uh, one is FBI releases Bill Russell investigation. Now, I don't know if you know who Bill Russell was. No. He was a uh, very prolific um, basketball player for the Boston okay. Celtics back in the day. Uh, Well-liked, just an amazing guy. Uh, not only for what he did on and off the court, but specifically off the court. The ladies. His, well, yeah, always. Uh, that uh, his uh, affection and support for the Black Panthers. So, okay. Yeah, no, we can't have that. Um, mm. I won't get into all the details because some of it's pretty bad. Well, um, we can. The, the idea of this is that people can look up the links themselves. Right. They like, they're yeah, in the there's a lot of uh, there's some language in there that's interesting. Let's put it that way. Uh, language like what do you mean language? Uh, like what were they? Well, no, they uh, address him as an arrogant black man. Oh, uh, and he looks down at white people racism. and just yeah, there's a lot of okay. racism there. You know, they sell all the quiet stuff out loud. Well, if he plays basketball, they did. he's so, going to be looking down on everybody anyway, isn't he? Hey, anywho, uh, so we got two articles basically about the same issue about the FBI surveillance. Uh, one is Congress anger at uh, FBI shape surveillance program in the future. So uh, basically, they're going after. The FBI for this whole, uh, you know, FISA, uh, Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, right? Oh, uh, key okay. lawmakers say that they won't vote to renew the program. Well, the FISA uh, act was mostly short term, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, many blame the problems on how the FBI special agents search the U.S. citizens no using Section 702, along with publicly released mistakes in other intelligence investigations. Now, yeah. excuse me. Then uh, this other article delves into the actual internal documents show how little the FBI did to correct misuse of Section 702 databases. So basically, so they no, had there's all, no incentive, right? So they had all of this, you know, misinformation, and obviously, they if they used it, they probably well, they did have a, you know an incentive vary if they're using it for other reasons, right? Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, it's all about the warrantless, you know, bullshit that they 
been yeah. doing for for fucking everyone else. So, so yeah, that, that, that but a lot of that's worth looking into, obviously. Yep. Pfizer stuff. I'm always I'm always interested in a bit of Pfizer scandal. Hey. Um, I have uh, three links. Cool. Uh, one is uh, coincidence. This is the headline. Coincidence. Bitcoin developer visited CIA and then Satoshi Nakamoto disappeared. Uh, Twelve years ago, Kevin An Gavin Anderson, a former lead Bitcoin developer, announced to the cryptocurrency community at the Bitcoin Talk Forum that he was going to visit the headquarters of the CIA, which coincided with the disappearance of Bitcoin founder Satoshi Nakamoto. So you oh, should definitely read that if you want to see some crazy-ass conspiracy stuff, which may or may not be true. Um, another link is ex-CIA Moscow Station Chief reveals why he refused to sign Hunter Biden laptop disinformation letter. Oh. Former Moscow Station Chief for the CIA revealed on Friday that he was given the chance to sign onto a letter attacking the Post's bombshell report on Hunter Biden's laptop as possible Russian disinformation, but he refused to do so. You should definitely read that if you're interested in, my God, why would you be in Hunter Biden's <laughs> laptop? Um, and the third link is uh, from Ireland, and it says, A threat to dance on Cork Garda's head lands so-called CIA operative in jail. Jesus a self-described CIA operative using 150 aliases accused a Gar Garda, <laughs> is, um, an Irish police officer, accused a Garda of lying that he threatened to dance on his head, but said that being part of a higher law enforcement authority, I am not in the business of ruining other members' careers. And that is my uh, what's new, you know, right? Well, that's my what's new on the CIA. Awesome. I think that, that's unless we have something else to say. That's our show, isn't it? Yep, that's it, folks. Uh, Thank we'll you for joining it. us, and I yes. hope you learned something you didn't know before, and that you well, you were interested enough to go check Wikipedia after the show. That's a result, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Amen or raw man, whichever. So might it be whatever. I don't know. I don't know how to, I don't know how to end it. Anyways. Okay. We'll see you all so, in two weeks. Thanks, everybody. Bye.